Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union could help you to earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you can start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Navy Federal also offers equity loan options to help you get the funds you need to consolidate high-interest debt, work on home improvements, or cover any of life's big expenses. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, their members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required. Terms and conditions apply, loan subject to approval. Let's be honest, the first place our family turns to when we're looking for a quick getaway is always Airbnb. I know we can find an amazing place to stay at the beach, like St. Simons on the Georgia coast, for instance. Mm -hmm. It's one of our favorite spots. That's what comes to mind, Matt, when I'm thinking about travel. And while you're staying at someone else's home, have you ever thought about what you could be doing with your own home? That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you are away because that is all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room if you've got one. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I'm Matt. And today we're talking about cutting your grocery bills like crazy. Yeah, Joel. We're going to be talking about food. Uh, what'd you eat today? All right. So I had, I asked because we're talking about groceries and trying to know? catch me off guard. Like I caught you off guard last episode. I see. Dude, I totally stumbled over my words. So, yeah. The fourth of America. Is that, <laughs> I referred to that. I was listening to that when we were kind of proofing that and I was like, I sound like a freaking idiot. Like what, <laughs> what was I thinking? That's pretty funny. Sometimes it just happens. So, uh, you know, today was a random day. I almost never skip breakfast. Usually I have two eggs for breakfast, but I skipped breakfast today. Weird. Just kind of busy. That's weird, dude, because I woke up this morning not feeling hungry either. And I uh, normally have a couple egg, couple fried eggs. Before getting the girls up, I actually ran into the kitchen and I told Kate, I was like, hey, could you only cook me one egg? Because I'm just not hungry this morning. Weird. Hmm? That is weird, dude. And then for lunch... I, I had very little too. I pretty much just had some pistachios for lunch. Then I had a full-fledged dinner this evening. Um, we grilled salmon, 
a zucchini, and, zucchini and squash, and then potatoes. So that was dinner. Like, like that salmon swimming upstream, right? Heck yeah, man. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Dude, that sounds delicious. Yeah, I actually had a full dinner with the family at home, but uh, for lunch, I had pie. <laughs> <laughs> That's healthy. Uh, yeah, so I'm a wedding photographer, and sometimes I get goodies on the weekends after the reception's all said and done, and I knew the planner at this one, and they were just going to be getting rid of all of this pie and so i got multiple pies dude like caramel chocolate pecan buttermilk and then tons of uh peach and apple slices as well Ooh, yeah a ridiculous amount of pie um, share the wealth buddy <laughs> dude you want one heck yeah i do what, what are you into that's i don't buttermilk sounds interesting is it good I actually gave that to our dismiss. Oh, oh thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> Sorry, I just remembered we gave that to the Smiths. Um, I don't know. I'll pick a slice out later, but it sounds That being good. said, yeah, so the reception was at a local brewery, Three Taverns, which is a great brewery, and the groom was nice enough at the end of the night, dude. He picked me up a growler, and he got me a hat. There we go. Yeah, how sweet is that, dude? Look at that. Yeah, I got me a snapback hat. I think this might be the first cap I own that might fit my huge head. <laughs> yeah, you don't wear hats <laughs> because they're too small. Kate always makes fun of me because I put them on and she's just like, you can't, you can't rock the dad cap, you know, like the, <laughs> the, the flimsy dad cap or whatever. But uh, yeah, it's one of the perks of being a wedding photographer is, you know, I guess getting a growler of, of, of beer every now and then. Yeah, for real, dude. Uh, speaking of job perks. So my per perks on the job, my boss, uh, like one of the greatest perks of all time, takes the entire staff on a trip every year. So yeah, your perk is better. The <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, your hat's really nice, buddy. <laughs> Wait till you see it. So we just booked our staff trip for next year. Uh, we usually, you know, we go wherever's on sale and we kind of have a predetermined week. And so like we talked about on our episode, Matt, traveling with purpose on the cheap. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, that was a good episode. It was a fun one. At least and, it was in my mind. And so the same thing applies, right? Like that's what we do when we're booking travel uh, as a staff. And so we booked a 406 dollar round trip flight to ireland nice. at the end of april next year so uh, nice man yeah it's gonna be really fun you and i actually the only time we've ever traveled internationally together, yeah we took our wives to ireland like six years ago and we had a blast yeah that was a fantastic trip that was actually right after kate and i came back from france uh for work and i think we kind of had the travel bug this is pre-kids and i specifically remember sitting on the front porch with you guys we were either drinking wine because I think Kate was wanting to be fancy or <laughs> more than likely beer though. And yeah, we got to talk and we're like, you know what we need to do? We need to travel together internationally. And then a few weeks later, a deal popped up. I forgot. Do you remember how much we paid then uh, I, for that one? I think we paid just over 500 for okay. that event, which, which is awesome. It's amazing considering inflation and stuff yes. that it's a hundred dollars cheaper That's you know, now. So yeah. yeah, flights to Europe have like never been cheaper. And so if you didn't get to listen to that episode about traveling with purpose on the cheap, you should check that out. But also quick tip, uh, sign up for the emails from Scott's Cheap Flights. That's how we find out on the crew about so many of the good airfare yep. sales going on. And uh, that's how I personally, you know, look for airfare deals too. Pretty much that gets me started, you know, uh, to at least know what's on sale and when, and then I can kind of start digging from there. Nice tip, man. That's right. Yeah. So let's get into the beer for today's episode, Matt. Uh, it is, again, we teased last week, uh, this awesome listener, Mike from Minnesota sent us a few different beers and so we wanted to drink two of them on the show and today's beer is surly brewing company darkness yeah and this is a beer uh that we both have had before and i'm so looking forward to having this old this old russian imperial stout it's a huge beer lots of flavor yes yeah, so we had this beer a long time ago but uh i'm 
excited to try it again because it's been like for real many many years since since we got to try that together what do you think about wax on these uh, bigger bottles like this it looks really cool but it's kind of annoying yeah it's kind of it's, it's a pain so lately you've been doing all the all the pouring do you enjoy pouring the beer it's meaningful to me yeah <laughs> have you ever been a waiter like no, a, never, but I've always wanted to be. That's interesting that you say that because I've totally said the same thing. Back when Kate and I first got married, I, I, I told her, I was like, that I wish at some point in college I would have had a wait service job or, you know, just a, being a waiter. I think there's a lot of lessons you learn and certain qualities that you pick up, mostly probably on how to treat waiters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I've always thought that like perfect job for me that uh, it, if income didn't matter at all was probably a bartender. Because yeah. I love beer. I love talking to people about beer. And I love talking to people in general. And yeah. the bartender is kind of that person that you're able to just have a conversation with. Especially about beer. <laughs> right. And so for me, it always just seemed like that would be the perfect gig. But also, you know, the late nights, being away from family, just that kind of whole the industry vibe and stuff. Maybe I don't know how much I would enjoy that. But yeah, I guess I, I get to talk about beer on the podcast right, right now. So that kind of actually gives me a lot of what I was what I think would be awesome about being a bartender. Certainly. All right. So uh, quickly, yeah, this is Surly Darkness Russian Imperial Stout. It is, contains notes of chocolate, coffee, dried tart cherries, and raisins. And it finishes sweet with a piney resinous hop character is what it says, which you don't always find in a stout. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, man, it's Surly. Uh, as you know, this is not a brewery that distributes in Georgia. And so this is a, a really rare treat for us. And, and this one in particular, yeah, darkness, it's tough to get a hold of. The label's pretty gnarly. It's got a, like a three-headed dog on it. It's uh, like Fluffy from Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a taste. Bottoms up. A great beer, and I would completely recommend this if you like flavor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All the fans of flavor out there. It really does. Like the, oh, the flavor. so good. The flavor profile I read off the label. It's got all that. You spot can taste on. it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's as dark as night, as thick as motor oil. And, um, mm. but just has like for a Russian Imperial style, sometimes they can be just pure bitter dark chocolate. And this has like a lot more notes going on. It's really interesting. And you do get that kind of hop finish at the end, which is oh, yeah. kind of rare for a stout, which is yeah, that really resiny, resiny finish. I completely agree, man. You said thick as motor oil, though. I don't think this is, I don't think the body is too heavy. Sometimes you get some of those milk stouts and some of those other styles where it really does feel like it's just too thick. I feel like this is right, right there where I want it. Still drinkable enough for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. But but it's a beast. So yeah, if you can pick up a bottle of Surly Brewing Company's Darkness where you live, man, grab you some. This is going to be especially great in the winter. But it's definitely not bad here in the middle of the summer to switch it up. Agreed. Thanks again to listener Mike for sending these beers our way, man. These Minnesota Beer Week for us has yeah. been amazing. <laughs> if uh, you're interested in the beers that we're drinking and you don't want to send us a message necessarily, look us up on Untapped. Uh, not poor Joel and not poor Matt. You can see what we're drinking, what we're rating them, and uh, keep in touch there. And it's just a kind of fun app to be on so you can log your own beers. That's kind of why I started. And then it's yeah. just kind of fun yeah. to see what your friends are drinking too. So, All right, Matt. On to the topic at hand, cutting your grocery bills like crazy. And let's talk about what the problem is first, right? The problem is that the average American family spends way too much every week on groceries. Every week, the average American family... And this stat is from five years ago. I couldn't find like the most current stat. Okay. But five years ago, the average American family spent between $146 and $289 a week. What? That's a family of four with two grade school kids. Oh my gosh. So you're talking, if you extrapolate that out at the higher end, I mean, you're talking about $1,000 a month on groceries for a family of four. 
Yeah, that's a lot. Which is overkill, right? Um, so that's the problem. And you teased uh, a couple of weeks ago about how your family of five has gotten it down to $1 per meal per person. And so uh, you and Kate kind of worked through the outline for this episode. And I'm really interested to hear some of the takeaways that you have for us. Um, because I, you know I have some thoughts on this too, and I'm going to chime in. But really, this is kind of uh, your pet project, your family yeah, yeah. has really taken to this and has axed your grocery bills because your family has taken some actionable steps that I think everyone out there listening can follow. That's right, man. And before we even start, I want to give all credit to Kate because even though I help set the budget and do the shopping uh, with Kate as well, she does virtually 100% of the, the cooking in her house. And so much of it kind of comes down to that. Like she, you know, she kind of runs the the ship when it comes to our food, uh, and definitely our grocery budget. So we record at your dining room table and we were in your kitchen for a minute before the show began. And there's this kind of interesting looking loaf of bread. That well, did, you, just did made? you smell it? Like right when you walked in the house, is that the first thing? That... No, I didn't even smell oh, really? it. Really? Yeah. Didn't you smell the bread? No, it oh. didn't hit me. Sorry. Maybe you got sinus issues. <laughs> maybe, maybe so. <laughs> but so, so she had just made this, um, we were talking about how you know, she had just made this loaf of bread, this whole wheat loaf of bread with all this like, you know, fancy flaxseed and stuff like that in it. And she said that that loaf of bread cost roughly a dollar. And my wife had just gone to the farmer's market and bought a loaf of bread that was, you know, similar in fashion, but yeah. was... With all the seeds and stuff. Yeah, but was a little bit smaller even and cost $5. So, I mean, it, you, you know, the rubber really does meet the road when it comes to saving money yeah, on groceries for your family. So... Yeah, let's get into it and start talking about yeah. how you guys actually do it. Yeah, man, that's right. So the whole reason this discussion came up a couple of weeks ago was because I was just updating our budget. And if you don't keep up with your spending, and if you don't know what you're actually spending on your groceries, like you're, you don't know how much you spend per day, right? And so, so much of this comes down to tracking what you're actually spending to be aware, to have your eyes opened in a, in a sense, to, to see what you are spending, uh, whether it be weekly or monthly, however it is that you want to budget for groceries first step first step right there and what's interesting is actually in preparation for this episode i looked up what we were spending when we first got married which was over 10 years ago which is insane <laughs> we were still spending one dollar a person a day isn't that crazy dang like it hasn't changed because we just kept doing what we did back then like we've always sort of been in the mindset of you know living frugally you just add more mouths to feed yeah so like right now our monthly budget is 450 and that's for five of us and you divide it out, and that's $1 per meal per person. Yeah, our grocery budget back in 2007, 2008, so 10 years ago, 180 Like on the nose, man. I was shocked to see that it accurately uh, reflected the same dollar per meal. And so this is something that we've kind of always done. And for us, it's, it's not a stretch. I think for a lot of people, it might be a challenge. But don't be discouraged. You know, this is something that, at least for us, that we've been doing for 10 years now. And so honestly... It, a lot of what we do just kind of comes naturally. But yeah, this might come as a shock for a lot of people. and But it's definitely something worth considering doing, uh, especially considering how much money you can save. Yeah. So it may seem unattainable, right? But we're going to kind of go through some of the strategies that Matt and his family like go through in order to get those grocery bills down to a dollar a day. And that budget, right? That's, that is a key aspect. And we talked about that back in our budgets episode, but knowing what you're actually spending is kind of the first key, right? Looking at dead in the eye and seeing what you're actually spending gives you that ability then to attack that bill. Yeah. And yeah. so that is the, you know, the first rule here of saving money on your grocery bill is to actually 
know what you're spending every month. And so once you start tracking that, then you have the ability to work and go about actually slashing that bill and cutting your grocery bill by by a large margin. Yeah, that's right. It's it's that wake up call, you know. All right. So first, we buy very few processed foods. And so what we're talking about are like snack foods, fancy juices, dessert. That being said, we've we've got pie in the fridge and I got that for free. <laughs> um, but like we don't buy those things. It's just not something at all that registers in our mind when we when we go to the store. Um, and so the more machines and labor that are involved in, in making a food before we, we buy it at the store, the more expensive it's going to be. Um, and honestly, those things are going to be less nutritious as well. There's more preservatives and just more sodium to just to help it to last longer on the shelf. And not to mention that they're, they're just way more expensive. Yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely true. Anything that's like prepackaged, and especially, you know, a lot of the, the health snacks even that are out there now. And there's kind of this craze about those health snacks. Mm-hmm. They're really, really expensive. Um, and, and they're really good, you know. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're tasty. They're and They're tasty and they've got nutrition. Uh, like, you, like you're talking about the health snacks specifically. They've got like protein and special seeds and stuff in them. Yeah. But even that, they've got a lot of often negative. Uh, well, they're, they're tasty because there's sugar in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, yeah, exactly. And so even... Like there are some sports drinks that I kind of like from time to time or whatever, but even those are filled with crazy amounts of sugar. And so, yeah, maybe they've got, you know, they tout themselves to be healthy, but ultimately in the end, they're, they're, they're not because they're filled with so much sugar. Yeah, man. So essentially anything that saves you time, just know that you're paying for it. You know, if it's something that uh, you can make, like consider not buying it. That's honestly, that's kind of Kate's sort of rule of thumb. And granted, she's a homemaker, you know, she's at home. She isn't employed outside of the home. She takes care of the girls. She takes care of the house. Uh, she takes care of all of the food. And so she has that flexibility. And that's something that we just are able to do. It's, it's sort of like one of the, the advantages of, of having a stay-at-home stay parent. But she's willing to put in that time. And she enjoys it, right? It's not like something that she doesn't look forward to or something that she's just like, oh, I've got to make bread. <laughs> Dude, she's making bread like crazy right now. She's kind of going through a phase where she's trying to make like the most healthy, affordable bread and kind of like hone it down to it. Not just an art, but like a science. Like she wants to know that she can make, measure it to the T and make like a perfect loaf of bread. And it's something that the girls would like and something that is affordable and at the same time is super healthy. Having that time, it's a luxury. But just like all things where we have to make decisions and there's trade-offs, right? Like she doesn't work outside of the home. You know, we maybe make a little bit less than were she employed. But because of that, she has a little more time and is able to do something she enjoys, but also saves us some money. So what would you say where uh, to a couple, let's say, where they both work and maybe you know, there's not enough time to uh, hone in that bread recipe right over, over, a, few, over a few days or weeks even. Um, so people that don't have... Or a lifetime. Or a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> it, maybe it doesn't happen that quickly. I'm sorry. Um, but so, yeah, what would you say to people that don't quite have as much time to play with when it comes to you know, making their own foods from scratch? Yeah, well, the, to that, I would say there's a lot of things that you can do. Um, specifically, and this is something that we do, is we don't eat a lot of meat. Um, most of our protein comes from like eggs <laughs> and like nuts and beans and stuff like that. We only buy meat when it's on sale. And then Kate takes it and she kind of chops it up and portions it because she knows how much she'll use for a specific meal that she's got in mind like later that month. And then she freezes it. So there's no chance of it going bad. And we're also using it just very sparingly, you know, like she uses it almost more like a garnish instead of it sort of being like the centerpiece of of a meal. It's sort of like this sort of added bonus. Obviously, meat adds flavor. You know, there's there's flavor there. There's fat. That's a good thing when it comes to flavor. (laughs) 
but yeah, I mean, that's, that's something that I think a lot of people can consider is just toning down how much meat they're eating on a day-to-day basis. There's weeks that we'll go where we don't even have meat all week, which I know you might have, you might have a beef with, uh, <laughs> sounds like a frightening week in my book right there. Um, cause I'm, yeah, we do eat a lot more meat and, yeah. and for me, I grew up kind of eating meat around as kind of the centerpiece of every meal. Yeah. And, and so Steak I'm taking taters, right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm just kind of used to it. <laughs> Uh, and, and so, yeah, that is something though that for breakfast and lunch, you know, I pretty much try to avoid meat, but for dinner, it is still kind of the centerpiece of what we have for dinner most evenings, but I, I like what you're doing and I think it makes sense for us to probably try to, you know, to cut back. And then there's also to right eat cheaper cuts of meat that are less used. So for instance, if you're eating chicken, boneless, skinless chicken breasts are kind of the thing that people gravitate towards, right? So you essentially get the most expensive cut of chicken you can. You pay steak prices for freaking chicken. And it doesn't have any flavor. Yay! Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, the bones are out of it. And and so uh, instead of getting, opting for that cut of chicken, yeah, maybe go for a bone-in dark meat. Yeah, Um, dude, bone-in thigh and leg combo? Yeah. Oh my gosh. And you can get that stuff for like 69 cents a pound, right? so much cheaper. And it's so much tastier. I think buying those cheaper cuts of meat, if you're into meat, is like a really worthwhile way to go. But at the same time, don't be afraid to consider alternate sources of protein. Like certainly you need protein in your life, but in just the omega-3s and just the different fatty acids that you need for nutrition, for brain development and things like that to keep you sharp. But consider other things, you know, walnuts, tofu. Joel, have you ever had tofu? Isn't that like soy, right? (laughs) Yeah, Uh, soybeans. I like edamame. Does that count? Yeah. Okay. Soybeans. I love edamame. I think I think the reason I love edamame is because the I texture. Can, well, I like the texture, and I think I put a lot of uh, salt and pepper on it, so it yeah. gets my salt and pepper intake. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I mean, that's the source of of protein that you can get outside of expensive meat. Yeah. So Matt, on that note, the other great thing about eating nuts, and I've gone to eating nuts for pretty much every lunch because they're fairly inexpensive, right? Even though a bag of almonds or pistachios can seem expensive. It takes so few of them to kind of make me feel full at lunchtime that I, f- I feel like it actually ends up costing me almost nothing for lunch mm-hmm. to, to eat some almonds or pistachios. So that's usually what I gravitate towards for lunch. Some almonds and pistachios and some carrots or maybe an apple. Yeah, mix in some veggies, make you kind of feel better about yourself. You're not just only eating peanuts. Right, right. <laughs> or right. Well, and peanuts, legumes. I love the taste of peanuts, but they're not yeah. nearly as good for you, right? And not as filling either. So yeah, the, I feel like almonds yeah. and pistachios is where I go. But that's the great thing about those, uh, about nuts is that they're really cheap, really inexpensive. They're yep. a great like snack or lunch and they're providing you some of that protein that you, you know, maybe are, are giving up if you eat, if you decide to eat less meat, but they're really making you that, that lunch at work or wherever you are, like grabbing a quick snack. It's really filling for very little money. Yeah, man, I'm with you. I'm, I, I do the exact same thing. I'm either eating leftovers or just grabbing a handful of walnuts or almonds or peanuts or something like that. And yeah, tossing in an apple or an orange. And for me, it comes kind of comes down to how much time it takes. Because for us, we sit down like we sit down every morning and have breakfast together. And then we always, for the most part, we, we always have dinner together. But lunch, it's kind of like whatever you want to do on your own. Which means that as little time as possible that I can spend on lunch means I can work. And yeah, you grab that handful of nuts and it doesn't really slow you down. Uh, pop an apple in your mouth as fast as humanly possible. <laughs> oh, and I drink, I always, I feel like I drink a, a glass of milk too. Mm. If, if, when I, with an app, because normally it leads to an apple and then I'm, then I think, you know what, I just need a little bit of peanut butter. And then I think, you know what, I need a little bit of milk to kind of wash this all down. And then by then I'm stuffed. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. That's how Matt does lunch. Let's go ahead and take a quick break.
You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you to get there? Well, there are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. What about that dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So it's safe to say it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, your health and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at AARP.org slash wise friend. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take well the money app Monarch. They make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. Joel, so we were just recounting our trip to Scotland. This is the trip that we took this time last year, actually, with some of our friends over the weekend. And one of the highlights from Edinburgh was stumbling upon the absolute best meat pie shop. Mm -hmm. They were fresh out of the oven. They had that perfectly flaky crust. But guess what? That serendipitous experience would never have happened if we'd stayed at a boring hotel. We had found the perfect flat in the coolest part of town, thanks to Airbnb. Ah, oh, Matt, I'm still dreaming about those meat pies. You're making, my, <laughs> you're making me drool. And while turning to Airbnb might be a no-brainer when you're looking to spend some money on travel, it might not be the first thing you think of when you're looking to make some money. 
Why let it sit empty, your house, when it could be earning extra income, though? It's the financially smart thing to do. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra dough. Yeah, that's right. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So let's talk about where you should shop, right? So we talked about kind of a few little strategies and we'll, we'll go into more strategies in a little bit. But where you shop is really, really important to your saving strategy for slashing that grocery bill like crazy too, right? And so for me, I know Aldi has been really important to our family ever since we got one in our part of town. And I know you guys utilize Dude, Aldi. We love Aldi. Yeah, like gangbusters. It's so close uh, and it's so cheap. I'm going to say around 90% of our groceries come from Aldi. It's incredibly affordable. They've got great organic options. And for us, it's crazy close. I, mean, I can bike there or drive there. Either way, I'm there within about 5 or 10 minutes. And that is definitely a way that we're able to keep our grocery budget down. Yeah, so you know what's interesting, Matt? When an Aldi comes into a neighborhood, all the other grocery stores around it, their prices start to sink too. Because Do they really? Aldi just has this price effect that yeah. even if you don't shop at Aldi, but an Aldi comes into your neighborhood, you are de facto going to save money just because that Aldi is there putting price pressure on yeah, the other grocery stores. Yeah, it's competition, right? Yeah. But I love Aldi too. I, I think uh, the one complaint I, I have about Aldi, I think they're really good for a lot of reasons. Sometimes the produce doesn't seem to last very long. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So we've had that issue occasionally at Aldi and oh. that can be kind of annoying. But uh, but other than that, we love Aldi and that's one of our primary places to yeah. shop. We're pretty much like an Aldi, Costco, and Kroger on occasion family. Yeah. That's kind of how we roll. I hear you. Well, hey, you know, Aldi's got this cash back double guarantee deal. And so if something goes bad, take it back. They will give you your money back and replace it. That's true. That and is that's, one of the, that is like the best warranty in the grocery store <laughs> industry too. Yeah. And I mean, and we haven't taken advantage of that often, but sometimes when we feel that, oh, wow, this definitely shouldn't have gone bad that fast. I mean, they honor it and we're, we're totally set. That being said, I thought you were going to complain about the variety at Aldi because anytime we talk to somebody about Aldi, they tend to say, oh, they don't carry the brands that we like or they don't, they just don't have a lot of the things that we like. And to that, I say, check out your local farmer's market. And for us, that is our international farmer's market. It's not local at all. <laughs> it's like the opposite. But we go there a good bit to get grains and different things that are, you know, would be considered more exotic and to get those in bulk. And so things like quinoa, are and certain kinds of brown rice and things like that that we eat a good amount of are pretty expensive at Aldi. In fact, more expensive there than at our international farmers market. And Kate can walk out of there with huge sacks of, you know, exotic rice and, and different things like that for crazy cheap when you break it down to how much she's paying per cup. Do you guys ever hit up uh, the international farmers market? Yeah, we do sometimes. And there's also a state farmers market just south of us that oh, sometimes yeah. you can snag produce for for a heck of a lot less than you can get at, at your local grocery store. So yeah, I think thinking outside the box, sometimes farmer's markets can be one of two things in my book. Sometimes they're these super small, hyper local, really expensive things where you pay... Uber hipster like it, soaps. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> hipster soaps and $3 for a tomato. Uh, <laughs> or, or, but it's purple. Exactly. I know. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I think it's cute and all, but uh, I'm also cheap. And so I'm not going to do that. But so the state farmer's market and our international farmer's market that we have access to here, and hopefully, you know, you have access to a farmer's market where you live that isn't one of the super hipster or, or you know, $8 organic soap uh, farmer's markets. Uh, th they are really cool. And you have access to items that you, uh, that you couldn't purchase at a grocery store and some fresh products that you 
definitely don't have access to anywhere yeah except for a farmer's market so yeah but for me like i'm not doing as much of the grocery shopping especially at, at that farmer's market because it is kind of you know a decent drive away from where we live yeah yeah that's the only downside it's it's kind of more of like a once a month thing and we're not getting much fresh stuff there because it's it's more about sort of the, the bulk exotic grains <laughs> <laughs> which just sounds weird to say but i'm I don't think I've ever said those three words together. Yeah. So uh, to a note to everyone, where you shop actually really matters when you're trying to cut your grocery bill. And if you can shop at one of the lower cost grocery stores like an Aldi or a Lidl, which is coming into the United Ooh, States now, yeah, they're pretty great. Those guys are actually undercutting Walmart by a, a huge amount. And so if you're used to shopping at Walmart, you know, look at one of these other options. And the, those low cost grocery stores are going to immediately save you money without having to spend, you know, three hours on a Saturday clip, clipping coupons. So kind of on the train of thought for discount grocery store, have you ever been to a discount grocery store? They've got like the dented cans or like the slightly past expired uh, stuff. Oh, heck yeah. I used to go to one in college all the time. Oh, really? Where? Yeah. Like up in, up it, in uh, Greenville? It's, yep. Yep. I don't remember what it's called, but yeah, we used to go there in college just to yeah. get like a 52 cent box of cereal or <laughs> exactly. uh, yeah, dented dented uh, cans that were, you know, 20 cents a piece, stuff like yes. that. Yeah. The dented cans always kind of weirded me out because I remember like reading even as a kid where it's just like, if you see a dented can, botulism, yeah. like, it, like it's just like guaranteed. And so I just grew up thinking, if you see a dented can, you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> when I was living in, in North Carolina, there was a discount grocery store and this is post undergrad, pre real job and those are those times where you don't have any money. This is back when I was living in that, in that cabin, basically, with no central heat. And we chopped our own wood to burn in our wood-burning stove. So you better believe that we're going to the discount grocery store. <laughs> got to, man. To, to survive. Donating plasma on the side. <laughs> <laughs> Never got that far, but... I did it. Did you really? We'll do an episode on that one. Oh, day. my gosh. That's like both arms. You're hooked up, right? One arm. Just one arm. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought they like injected or they drew it on one side and then they uh, put it back in you no, on the other they, side. They put it right back. Like they circulate it out, take the plasma out and then put your blood back in the same arm. It's amazing. It's been a while. It sounds like there's a period where you don't have any of your blood. Does it not? Yeah, you die for a minute. But <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we'll but, go yeah, to, the discount. We'll, but you really don't make that much money. So <laughs> I, I wouldn't recommend it to people. I think I made like 40 bucks a week maybe doing that. So uh, probably not worth it. The health risks. Nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, back to the discount grocery stores. That's something worth considering. You know, if you've got one of those near you and is worth swinging in every now and then, check it out. There might be something in there that you're already purchasing that you can get for a lot cheaper. What you want to avoid is going in there though and feeling like, oh, this is such a great deal and end up buying a bunch of processed food or a bunch of things that either don't provide much nutrition or aren't things you would normally buy. They're just kind of snack foods. And then what's going to end up happening is you're just going to end up with way more food than you actually need at home just because you kind of got sucked into the it's on sale mentality. Yeah, completely. I was going to say, I think, you know, the first thing you talked about, Matt, uh, was that you guys do very few processed foods. And I think for, let's say, you know, cereal in the morning, it seems like it's cheap, right? But it's also not very filling. And so you have the milk and the cereal and yeah. a cup of coffee. And it seems like that's a pretty inexpensive breakfast. Yeah. And like one hour later, you're starving. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so it's not like very filling. And, and if you can do a couple eggs, you're probably doing it even cheaper, oh, yeah. um, but you're also actually filling yourself up more for the day. So yeah. you're, you're eating more nutritious food that's actually going to leave you with that feeling that you actually ate breakfast as yep. opposed to the cereal, which will dissipate in a matter of an hour. Yep. Sugar puffs. Dude, we can, <laughs> we can hardly even do granola anymore. Like like real nice hearty granola with like the, all the good flax seeds and stuff like that with oats, plus like some Greek yogurt. Even that for us, 
Kate and I both look at each other like around 1030 and we're just like, I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like if we, if we go into a breakfast like that, we know that we have to have some nuts or something mid morning to kind of fill us up because I don't know why it is, but eggs, you know, like for us, it's eggs in the morning. It just kind of sticks to the bones and gets us to lunch. Yeah. To me too. They're, they're the best. They taste the best. Uh, so, okay. Another way to save money on your grocery bill to cut that grocery bill like crazy is to stay organized. You have to stick to your list. Right. And I think it's really important. That's where people get led astray. Oftentimes in the grocery store, Matt, is that maybe they have a list, but you know, they don't stick to it very well, or they don't have a list and that's even worse. And they kind of walk in a little bit aimlessly end up stocking a bunch of stuff in their cart. And the worst thing to do, right, is to shop while you're hungry. Oh, but yeah. Even if you're not starving, right, when you go to the grocery store, there's something about not having a list or not sticking to the list that you're going to put probably, you know, some some really expensive uh, or, or things that will bust your grocery bill, some items that will bust that grocery bill in your cart. And it's, it's going to sink you come budget time. Yep, that's me. <laughs> like if Kate doesn't give me explicit directions on exactly what to get and what not to get, if she's just like, yeah, just go to the grocery store and grab a few things and, you know, look for something like this or something to kind of fill this category. I am a huge budget buster because I'll see something and I think, ooh, candy ginger at the farmer's market. That sounds delicious. I love that stuff. And then I buy it and then Kate's mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for me, because it's less of a discipline that I've refined and honed, I'm not as good at doing that as Kate. Kate, on the other hand, Specifically, what she does is she keeps a kitchen inventory list on the front of the refrigerator. And, and I've seen this, right? This You actually write in marker on your actual refrigerator, not on paper, not yeah, well, on Yeah, well, that's actually a recent thing. She used to keep it on a dry erase board, but then she's like, wait a minute, why am I not writing directly on my stainless steel refrigerator? And she Googled it and people were like, yeah, you can write with a dry erase marker on the fridge. Nice. So now she does that. Yeah, I've noticed that recently. Yeah, have it's kind of cool. Yeah, it is it's super cool. But she kind of keeps what we have in our house, like in our pantry, uh, divided up into four different categories. So like meats, vegetables, grains, slash beans, um, and then miscellaneous stuff like nuts or pesto, salsa, things like that. And then when it's time to figure out what she wants to make for dinner, she can easily scan those lists and then pull together a quick meal with what's on hand, you know? And so she doesn't feel like that she has much in the house, but then she looks at that and realizes, wait a minute, I've got tons of food in the house. You know, like that feeling where you're just like, oh, there's just nothing to, there's nothing to eat. <laughs> Completely. But there are a hundred things. Yes, in your, yeah, ex exactly. And so, but she's able to do that and then kind of mash them up and then put together a pretty dang good meal. After you do that a few times and you realize maybe you don't have a, a full meal left, she can look at that and realize, cool, if I just go to the store and buy these three things, all of a sudden I've got three more full complete meals and you're not going back into the store completely just restocking your, your pantry or restocking your fridge. We're just getting those three items to create three more meals in, in, order, to, going back. in order to use the rest of the, the stuff that you have uh, already on hand. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, and that gets to another tip too, right? So yeah, stay organized, stick to your list, but also clean out your pantry regularly. And I think a lot of people, yeah, yeah they don't do that, right? So they don't use up what they have and then they kind of add to it and things get stuck in the back of the freezer or the back of the fridge. And yep. then you find it later and you're like, oh, it's freezer burnt or, oh man, or it's gone bad. Yeah. It's gone bad. And so you, you end up wasting more food uh, because of that. So yeah, cleaning out your pantry and finding ways, creative ways to kind of make meals with what you have on hand before you go back to the grocery store uh, or like what Kate does, right? That's a good way of doing it too, where you see what you have left and you say, okay, if I buy these two or three things, I can end up making, you know, a few more meals for my family without making a full grocery run. And I, th I think that's like a really good option that we often in a, a, you know, a wealthy country that's used to kind of easy access to food. 
um, we kind of skip that and we go for the, ah, let's just go for a full grocery run. And then we end up, you know, usually wasting a lot of more food and not using what we have and busting our grocery bill in the process. Yeah. Typically in America, that also means just jumping in your car and like driving to the store and like waiting in traffic. And while you're out, you're also doing these other things. I mean, there's something about that. I don't even know what to call it, but it kind of feels like the equivalent of the rat race where you feel like you need something. And so you just jump in the car and drive to the store for one thing. And then the next day you do the same thing. Oh, yeah. Dude, I hate that sort of approach and that mentality of like, oh, let's just run to the store. Because not only are you screwing up your budget, but you're screwing like your time. Yeah. Why not just take inventory of what you have, stay organized, know what you have. I mean, the bottom line of it is that it keeps you from wasting food and you're just more efficient with, with everything. Yeah. And so if you have a stainless steel fridge like Matt, uh, you guys feel free to take out a dry erase marker and draw all over your fridge. Yeah. Give it a shot. Maybe just like a little mark first and just to make sure that your fridge is cool. Yeah. Matt's not going to pay for your new fridge if it ruins it. So, But Joel will. <laughs> yeah. So on that note of wasting food, that's just another way that you can keep from blowing through your, your grocery budget and to keep your expenses low. We are not strict recipe followers. You can burn through a lot of money buying a specific or special cut of meat that a recipe calls for. So if you're following a, you know something that you're like, okay, I saw this in a magazine or I saw this on Instagram. Let's try it out. I need exactly four boneless, skinless chicken breasts in order to make this meal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or even something crazier like, oh, I've never purchased skirt steak before. This calls for skirt steak. Got to go to the store and buy that one ingredient. And oh, by the way, well, maybe skirt steak is a bad example because it's normally pretty cheap. But still, (laughs) it's meat. And something like that can completely blow through your budget and you're just not allocating your grocery budget well. And so for something like that, Kate will generally double like the amount of veggies in a recipe uh, if she is you know, following a recipe or see something that she's sort of inspired by and will either half the amount of meat in it or even cut it completely. And instead, we'll just kind of add some beans to, to beef it up. And so, you know, those extra veggies and the beans are way more affordable and also filling as well. And not to mention like healthier, and especially if you're comparing it to, to red meat. Yeah, and another way to get better at not wasting food, which you know does crush your grocery budget, is to eat your leftovers. And eating leftovers is great for lunch the next day, Dude, like you do. I right? love leftovers. <laughs> See, I usually like leftovers, but it kind of depends on the meal too. I feel like some things are better as leftovers than oh, others, yeah. right? And yeah. so we, Emily and I kind of had to decide, okay, well, hey, if we make this one meal, neither of us really eat the leftovers on that. And so it just kind of goes to waste. Let's stop making that meal. Oh, really? We have enough leftovers or let's make less of it. Yeah. And so there are certain things that we know huh. will gobble up when it comes to the leftovers. Right. Um, and then there's there's other things we know, well, you know we're just probably not going to eat it. And so we've either you know made less for dinner or just stopped eating it altogether. Or just send it my way, dude, because I will dispose of that food in my, in my mouth. Done, buddy. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll start making that happen. Dude, seriously, like we joke about it, but we call it daddy garbage disposal service or something like that. Like, nice. Like whatever the girls aren't going to eat. It's like, I'm not going to... I, I take pride in not like allowing food to go to waste because I'm like, that's calories. Like that's, yeah. that's energy. Like when you think about it from like an energy scientific standpoint, if I put that in the trash, I'm throwing away energy. I'm literally wasting money and energy, potential energy. And then instead I put it in my mouth and chew it up. So I bet you have like kind of like some <laughs> weird food combos on Saturdays when you're eating uh, like leftover lunch or something like well, that. Well, no, I'm, I'm specifically talking about like at the end of a meal, like okay. instead of scraping it, because if there's just a little bit, you, you know, you don't want to put it in nah. like a Tupperware. You just, most of the time people scrape it into the trash can. Well, I just eat it. 
<laughs> I distinctly remember my dad seriously growing up doing and, the same thing. He would do something similar. So like every Saturday, it was kind of leftovers for lunch, right? It was leftovers or make a sandwich. And so usually, you know, I wanted something hot for lunch. It's leftovers. But my dad would essentially come behind all the rest of us who got leftovers. Good man. And it was like the bottom <laughs> of all the leftovers. And so he would have this smorgasbord of a yes. plate, toss it in the microwave, and he'd have like eight different things for lunch. Dude, I love that. Time. Yeah. I don't know if I actually love it because I like the flavors, which certainly can't be true if you've had a week worth of leftovers. But I just love the like the philosophy behind that and just not allowing it to go to waste and taking pride in the fact that you're just being efficient. I've talked about this before. I'm half Asian and half German. So I think I really prize efficiency. <laughs> um, and to know that like not a crumb from our table is, is going to waste. Yeah. I think you can do it too out there, listener. Like you you also can have you know $1 a meal per person uh, grocery budget. Obviously, as you're hearing from Matt, it takes a lot of efficiency, a lot of dedication, a lot of planning, but you too can get there. And that's really cool. So to know maybe, yeah. you know what, maybe at this point you're at $3 a person per meal uh, and to know that you can aim for two at least, right? Get halfway there and then kind of see where you can cut from there. Uh, maybe you're not going to make the leap all in one fell swoop. And some of these things, right? I'm not as good as uh, as Matt is, of course. Like I, I'm not quite as good at eating leftovers as Matt is. I'm not quite as good at uh, staying organized and sticking to the list. But but we're we're doing better. And we, you know, Emily and I have made a lot of these improvements. But I think for a family of four, we're still at about. $600 a month and where you're a family of five and you're a 480. So, you know, we're, we're trying to do better and, and you know what, doing this show with you kind of makes me want to redouble our efforts and, and see if we can slash even a little bit more. Nice, man. Yeah. I mean, I hope that's the case, you know, like I hope it's encouraging and not like, oh, I could never do that or to where it's just sort of discouraging, you know, um, like hopefully it comes across as something that's inspiring. And, and that's the other thing too, is that like Kate makes amazing food. <laughs> like she makes really delicious food but she and she enjoys it. For her, it's not something that she kind of has to do. It's something that she is able to look forward to. Uh, it's something that she finds creativity in. You know, like putting together those meals, like where you've got the four categories on the fridge. Like that's that takes creativity. And for her, she finds a lot of enjoyment in that. And in, in the same way, like when she goes into a grocery store, she doesn't have the list because she's been doing this long enough. She's kind of, you know, she's at like the four thousand level class. Like she's not doing the one on one stuff anymore. But for her, she doesn't need a, a list when she goes in the grocery store. She knows like what we eat as a family, the things that work, the the different items that she knows can be used for multiple meals. So that if there is some, say, leftover pasta or something like that after it gets, gets them boiling, she can pop that in a Tupperware and can put that towards another meal that she's planning to make later on in the week. Kate is geared towards <laughs> uh, slashing the grocery budget, you know, like it's it's sort of a natural disposition that she has. And, and for others, that may not come as naturally. Um, but hopefully, yeah, like you said, that folks are encouraged by this. And, and it's not something that is, uh, is a daunting, huge task. Yeah, I think for people that aren't naturally attuned to it, right? And so like Emily and I, I will readily admit, we're not natural. We don't naturally gravitate towards crushing a grocery bill. Um, we've gotten better at it through the years as we work and we see kind of how our family functions yeah. and we've trimmed our grocery bill. Yeah, that's but, awesome. but, but we're not naturally attuned to it like like Kate is. And and like you said, Kate makes some really, really amazing food. So you're eating a dollar a meal per person, but <laughs> the food is almost gourmet, really. Oh, it's totally gourmet cooking. And Joel has a few more tips to share with y'all right after this break. You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? 
Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you to get there? Well, there are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. What about that dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So it's safe to say it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, your health and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at AARP.org slash wise friend. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take well the money app Monarch. They make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. Joel, so we were just recounting our trip to Scotland. This is the trip that we took this time last year, actually, with some of our friends over the weekend. And one of the highlights from Edinburgh was stumbling upon the absolute best meat pie shop. Mm -hmm. They were fresh out of the oven. They had that perfectly flaky crust. But guess what? That serendipitous experience would never have happened if we'd stayed at a boring hotel. We had found the perfect flat in the coolest part of town, thanks to Airbnb. Ah, Matt, I'm still dreaming about those meat pies. You're You're making me drool. And while turning to Airbnb might be a no brainer when you're looking to spend some money on travel, it might not be the first thing you think of when you're looking to make some money. 
Why let it sit empty, your house, when it could be earning extra income, though? It's the financially smart thing to do. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra dough. Yeah, that's right. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All right, Matt. And uh, there were a couple of tips that I wanted to mention that, that I've always been able to stick to. So I haven't been quite as good, though. Uh, you know, I kind of just lambasted Emily and I not being nearly as good as you <laughs> and Kate. But there are a couple of things that I've found that were kind of the easy button for us in order to have kind of instant savings when it came to um, our grocery budget. One was when they're deeply discounted items, we would stock up on those things. Yeah. And, uh, and also store brands, right? Always, always store brands. Yeah. Never buying name brands that cost you know twice as much for no reason. So anytime you can you can go for the generic or store brand, I think you should. Uh, also, I think an, another really good uh, thing to enter into the ecosystem for grocery shopping is some of the stuff like Kroger's Click List. I think right, for people right. that have a terrible time sticking to their sticking to their list, it's actually probably worth the five bucks to sign up for Kroger Click List and have someone bring the groceries out to your car because you're going to save way more than that in the impulse items that you left on the shelf and you didn't put into your basket. Yeah, and a sense click list kind of puts like the blinders on you and like you don't even present yourself with a temptation to buy the Snicker bars ice cream. Right. Which is what I do when I go to the grocery store. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I see that and I think... How does that caramel never freeze? I don't know. I want to eat it. <laughs> yeah. So you just take the temptation away altogether and consider something like the Kroger click list. And, and yeah. there's just things like that are being invented all day, every day by these major grocery store chains. Uh, one thing I would caution people against is sites like Instacart. I mean, I think they're really cool. They're really neat. And sometimes, you know, the sign up bonuses are great, but then they try to get you hooked. And those grocery delivery services can cost you on two fronts the delivery of the groceries costs mm-hmm. you a fee. But then on top of that, for many of the retailers that companies like Instacart are associated with, the price that you see on the site when you're buying the item is more expensive than the price of the item in the store. And so you know those boneless, skinless chicken breasts that you probably shouldn't be buying anyway, right? They're three seventy nine a pound versus two seventy nine a pound in store. You kind of get used to seeing that price online and you pay it. Um, whereas right. if you're actually going into the store and you're price checking and you're comparing, you're going to realize, man, that's really, really expensive if I'm buying it online and getting it delivered. Yep. Um, so yeah, those sorts of fees that you're going to pay when you're buying online and having it delivered to your home, you know, while it might be really, really convenient, ultimately it's really going to hurt you when it comes to your grocery budget. Oh, so quick question too. Do you guys uh, meal plan? Because I know for a lot of families that those are steps that they take to be organized about what they're eating uh, for the rest of the week so that A, it's not stressful, but also too, to be, you know, to be smart, to be more efficient and to make best use of their time, whether it means sort of batch cooking a bunch of stuff on Sundays and kind of freezing it or, or sticking it in the fridge, or at least just sort of planning out the, what the meals are going to be and making sure you have the groceries on hand. Do you, get, you guys do that? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we don't do the batch cooking necessarily. And okay. I think I, I've seen people do that. And I think it's a brilliant strategy, uh, especially if you're okay eating the same thing more often, which honestly, for me personally, I am. I, I could eat the same thing every week, like the same six things Monday through Saturday and then leftover Sunday and then go on about the same schedule the week, the following week. Yeah, you're a robot. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but so Emily does a great job of planning our meals so we don't have to do that. And nice. we get a little more uh, more variety, culinary diversity in our lives. But yeah, so she does a great job kind of planning things out, which helps save money and helps us you know, kind of plan what we need when it comes to grocery shopping time. And then kind of also just make sure that, yeah, we're not eating the same thing every week like I would do. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm the same way. I think if, if the groceries were kind of left up to me, I would have a very rigid uh, meal schedule. Um, we can get this down to 30 cents a meal. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> All right, Matt, back to the beer. Mike from Minnesota generously provided Surly Darkness, a Russian Imperial Stout that is beastly. What's your take? Yeah, man, this is a delicious beer. It's just as good as I remember it. Sometimes when it's been a few years since you've had a beer, you kind of wonder how it's going to hold up. There's so many new craft beers uh, entering the the scene and it's kind of awesome to go back to a solid beer like this that you remember being great and you have it again several years later and it's still fantastic so i am super stoked that we got to have this again especially since surly isn't something that we can just go to the store and buy from our local package store so mike from minnesota thank you so much we really appreciate it and no joke next time you're in atlanta man drinks are on us no doubt yeah it's really interesting i i feel like uh i say this about a lot of beers it's also the case for this beer I don't think I've ever had another beer that tasted like this. Yeah, literally with that kind of hop finish and some of those other notes going on inside of the beer. Uh, I've had Russian Imperial Stouts, but they taste completely different from this one. And I really enjoy this. I think certainly put together something that, yeah, hits a lot of kind of flavor notes on your tongue. And I enjoyed it. It was really good. You know, man, something else. Uh, we didn't talk about this earlier too, but we haven't talked about going out to eat. And for us... It's worth noting that our grocery budget does not include going out to eat. Uh, does it for you guys? No. Yeah, we okay. keep that separate as well. So yeah. some people lump those together and they say this is our food budget. Yeah, because it's eating at home or it's eating while we're out. Yeah. That makes sense to a certain degree. But yeah, we're the same way, man. We don't do it because I mean, the way we look at it is that going out to eat is fun. <laughs> it's entertainment. And so we kind of we own it at that. And so our going out to eat money doesn't affect our grocery budget. And I think that's the reason that's important is because you can go out to eat for one meal and that can completely blow your budget when it comes to groceries. And before you know it, you're just throw, kind of tossing your hands up saying, well, forget it. Like, what's it matter? Because I've already blown through a week's worth of food going out to this nice dinner. That's a huge reason why we keep it separate and we call it entertainment. We call it what it is. Yeah, that's a good thought. And uh, yeah, people are going to structure their budgets differently but it's good exactly. to know that that's how we structure ours so that exactly. they're not yep. saying how do they do that with eating out at the and same time how do they go out to eat and how do they afford their beers yeah so that's just good for people to know that we're not including going out to eat in this these kind of budget parameters for yeah, you and right. i and so uh you know maybe some people combine those things and they're like how do they get it down to a dollar a meal and still afford to you know go go out to eat yeah even going to chick-fil-a like that's going to blow your budget right yeah but so yeah that's something that's separate yeah we both have an entertainment budget uh, for our own families that that encompasses eating out but matt so what would you say to someone who does enjoy eating out and they don't enjoy cooking right they don't enjoy you know making meals at home yeah how in the world can they decrease that entertainment budget right and go out to eat less and actually start to enjoy maybe or or at least get better at sticking to a grocery budget and cooking more meals at home yeah dude so what i would say then is to focus on the sort of easier things to, to reduce and cut your your grocery budget the first thing being Buy very few processed foods, if at all possible. This is basically any chips, any crackers, any snacks, anything like in the middle of the grocery store that's in a cardboard box or a plastic bag, you know, that's prepackaged and has a pretty label. Does that mean I got to stop buying Cheez-Its? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Cheez-Its are, oh, dude, Cheez-Its are 100% a snack food that provide almost no nutritional value that just make you feel like crap. Agree to disagree. You, yeah, please. <laughs> you know that you know the truth. <laughs> but yeah, focus on whole foods, like real foods, like fruits and vegetables and, and nuts, things that actually provide your body with nutrition that'll fill you up and keep you healthy at the same time. 
And you know the next tip I'm going to mention too, which is something that I know you have a tough time with, but you know that you can save money by... Not eating much meat. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. And you know it. Yeah, Joel's the uh, carnivore type of guy that wants to... I mean, if money was not an option and your health was not an option... Steak too, every night. Would you, would you really eat like grilled meat every single night? Probably. <laughs> Joel's sort of like the Nick Offerman type when it comes to... <laughs> Turf and turf, baby. (laughs) When it comes to his diet, um, I'm not saying that you're nearly as studly as Nick Offerman. Well, yeah, no, no, no one could be. But uh, I could see you in a nice hearty beard, though. You want to grow a beard out this winter? If my genetics would allow it. But yeah, no, for real, eat less meat. There's there's lots of other ways that you can get protein, whether it be through eggs or nuts or or beans, just lots of other things that are more affordable, better for the environment, better for your own health. Look to other sources of protein. And then the next thing I would mention too is something that I know that you and Emily do. And by the way, you guys do an awesome job too. You mentioned y'all's grocery budget, which is still well below the national average. So I know you're kind of beating up on, on you guys, but you guys do an awesome job. Yeah. Shopping at Aldi has helped a bunch, right? So uh, when Aldi kind of came into our neighborhood, it did lower the prices. I, I noticed distinctly at other grocery stores, but shopping at Aldi still saved us money over shopping at Kroger or Publix or some of the other you know traditional bigger grocery stores we had around. And I got to tell you, the biggest thing I love about shopping at Aldi too is how small it is and that the choices are fewer. I'm in and out of Aldi in less than half the time. I swear, every time I'm at Kroger, I have to ask someone where an item is. And and at Aldi, I know where everything is and that's beautiful. But yeah, so shopping at Aldi and uh, inexpensive farmer's markets in your area, just shopping those low-cost options as, as opposed to the higher-cost grocery stores like Whole Foods, Fresh Market, Sprouts, stuff like that, that's just instantly going to cut your you know grocery bill by a lot without you having to clip coupons or even kind of start implementing some of these more advanced tactics that Matt's been talking about. That's true, man. But then finally, don't waste food. Uh, specifically, eat leftovers. There's nothing wrong with leftovers. Yeah, have a day of the week, you know, a Saturday or Sunday where you clean out your fridge, right? So that that stuff doesn't go to waste and say, you know what? No, we're not going out to eat Saturday night. Like this is what we do. We clean out the fridge and clean out your pantry from time to time too because you'll find things back in there that can help you finish or start a meal that you forgot you even had. And so yeah, making sure that you have those times that you are specifically dedicating to cleaning out your fridge or your pantry, man, those are really good for, you know, keeping your grocery costs low and helping make sure you actually use the things that you bought. Yeah, man, I love that. Leftover night doesn't have to be this, oh, leftover night. There could be pride. Like, man, we're going to freaking eat everything in this cabinet and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> I, I will say for us, man, it felt so good, right? That we yeah. said, you know what? We know that we don't do well with those leftovers. So we're either going to make just enough, you know, for us to cover dinner or we're going to not make that meal at all. Yeah. And uh, then we actually yeah, started really to cool. eat all of our leftovers and it just, it feels really good because you're scraping a whole lot less into the trash and you know that that's a crappy feeling, right? You know, you feel terrible when you're doing that just as a human being, yeah. you know, wasting food, knowing kind of the plight of so many people around around the world that don't have enough food to eat. Um, and so, yeah, it's good for that reason. And it's good for actually making sure that you cut your grocery bill like crazy so that you're able to spend your money on things that actually matter. Dude, and I'll leave us with this final stat too in the New York Times that was talking about how much money that we waste in food, like food that goes to waste. Do you even want to guess as to how much it is? It's got to be depressing. Yeah, it's insane. It's $160 billion in wasted food a year. Is that not the craziest thing ever? Talking about like 
inefficiencies and just waste. And they were talking about how about 91 billion of that is in dairy products alone. So like, wow. Like, yeah. Just milk. I'm sure was the vast bulk of that. And that just makes me sad to think that there's just that much food that's getting wasted and just that much energy. Uh, and like you said, to know that there's countries around the world that just don't have, uh, you know, that don't have enough food for that reason alone, challenge yourself to, to, to not waste food, to find ways to reduce the amount that you're spending and ultimately throwing in the trash. Yeah, I think that's another good reason to consider as you're looking at cutting your grocery bills because not only is it good for your bottom line as a family, man, it's good for our bottom line as humans, you know, right? Uh, Continue this cycle of life and make sure that we're not wasting. Better for the whole planet, dude. Yeah, no doubt. So thanks for listening, everyone. Our home on the web is howtomoney.com where we'll have show notes up for this episode. And if you like what you hear and have found this podcast helpful, please let us know. You can give us a review on Apple Podcasts It helps people out there that are interested in personal finance find this podcast. And we really appreciate that. So until next week, best friends out. Best friends out, man. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.